if you've been here for the last several weeks, we've been passing a basket around or a bucket, um, and you have been putting in questions and topics and thoughts that you would like us to talk about from the stage. So I'm really excited. We've got four really great weeks planned, and we're starting tonight with a big one. And this has come up a few times in Hot Topics before, but we've never done a full message about it, and that is mental health. Um, so it's going to be really good. Um, but yeah, by the way, my name's Jordan. I think I know all of you. Good to see you guys. Glad you're all here. Um, Man, just so excited for tonight. It's going to be good. But we're, we're, so we're talking about mental health tonight. And um, so if you are one of those note takers, I did not come up with a fancy schmancy title for tonight. It's just Hot Topics Mental Health. Excuse me one second. <coughs> Thank you. <coughs> All right. Got a frog in my throat. So mental health, and uh, but really, we didn't like get questions for like how do you be mentally healthy. So we're, what we're actually we actually got a bunch of like mental unhealths that we're, we we received. So we're, we're we're talking about mental health, but really it's, it's it's the negative. It's mental unhealth, mental illness, mental health. There's another word that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it sounds better than mental illness. But basically, it's like, when your mental health's not going good, and some of the, here are the words that we got in the basket, and no one really asked a question, but they were just like, specific like, words or phrases that people threw in. They they said things like, uh, loneliness. Anybody ever been lonely before? Yeah, me too. Uh, Depression, anxiety, social anxiety, stress. Those are like big things. Would you, would you be bold enough to raise your hand if you've ever dealt with at least one or more of those? Some of you are dealing with them still. Thank you for your boldness and bravery to, to acknowledge that. Here's what I want to do tonight. I, like, I believe that we're going to see victory in that area in your life in, in, in some amount. So just in this message, I just want to build your, your hope for a future free of these things. And I want to build your faith that it could happen tonight. Um, you guys excited for that? Yes. yes. All right, let's see some freedom. So, yeah, loneliness, depression, anxiety, social anxiety, stress. The, these, it's like heartbreaking to see these. Like, because like, I, I care about all of you so much. And as like your pastor, to see in your handwriting and knowing that some of you are struggling with in these areas, it, it's like, it's hard to read like these are such big things and and it, and it makes me so sad to know that um, so many of us are struggling with it but it's this is just like a has become a common reality in our world not just among you guys but it's it's your classmates it's your neighbors it's your teammates it's like I mean it's it's people in this room it's it's your adult leaders like we we struggle with mental unhealth um, and, and I was blown away. I read this. One in five teens deal with some level of mental illness. That's 20%. And I would venture to guess that's only the people who are willing to say something about it. And also, like, there are varying stages of mental illness. So I, I don't know what, like, if this was, like, diagnosable mental illness. So, I mean, it's, like, it's, it's rampant. It's everywhere. It's big. But there's just so much hope 
And I know sometimes, like looking around, it doesn't always feel like there is, but there's a man who's paid for your healing. And so tonight, if you're dealing with this, I want to, like, that hope is going to be released into your life, that, that you can live free of this. And if you're not dealing with any kind of mental illness and you're like, I'm, I'm doing good, um, I want to I help you in case someday you do, or I, I want to help, like, I want to equip you as hope releasers to your friends and, and your family and your community. Because, like, if, if you've ever read this book, the Bible, there is, like, there's just so much hope in here. And there's, there's like, this is, there's so much good stuff in here. And, and Jesus is so sufficient. And I want to show you that tonight, that, that, that what he has done is more than enough to... Um, not just like help you survive, but to see you thrive in life. That's what eternal life is, is it's, it's thriving. It's not just getting by, it's not just managing hardship, but it's to actually walk in peace and power and, and all the awesome, amazing stuff that comes along with that. And you know, I want you guys to know, I, like I've gone through a mental unhealth journey big time in my life. Um, some stuff recently, but like some of the the... The worst time in my life was right around when I was in seventh and eighth grade, which is where some of you are right now. And, um, and I, I just want to tell you this stuff to, so that you know that you're not alone, so that you know that, like, I don't want to, like, normalize it, but I want you to know that, like, I've been there. Your leaders have been there. Some of us are still there. But when I was, um, when I was in eighth grade, I felt so alone and depressed and like just sad and hurt that I didn't know how to handle my emotions. So I cut myself. And, and that was like how I expressed my feeling, which it's, it's not a good thing. It's, you know, it's not good for a person to cut themselves, but I felt so alone, isolated and, and just so deeply sad. I didn't know how to, what to do with it. So it, it resulted in me cutting. And then that kind of led to me having suicidal thoughts um, and even without getting too detailed, like a, wasn't even an attempt, but it was a deep contemplation um, at one point in, in eighth or ninth grade. Um, but I'm happy to say I, I feel totally free of that stuff. So that's amazing. Um, and, and, one, and once in a while I check my arms and, and those marks have like all but faded away, which is incredible. And, and um, man, being here is just so much better than if I had just stopped in ninth grade. God is so good. Let's define mental illness. I, uh, I Googled it, so this is very official. <coughs> mental illness, mental illnesses are health conditions involving changes in emotion, thinking, or behavior, or a combination of these. Mental illnesses are associated with distress and or problems functioning in social work or family activities. And there's a lot there. I'm not going to preach the whole message on every single part of that. But here's, here's the thing that I just really want to point out. It's that mental illness is illness. Like, it's, it's a problem. It's not good for you. It's, like, it's, it's so weird. Like, our culture almost glorifies it. Like, it, and, it, and it's... It's terrible. Like when I would like, okay, like this, as weird as this sounds, when I was in eighth grade, like it was popular to cut yourself. Like that was like a thing 
it wasn't, it was like celebrated and like, I can't even describe it, but it was like, exactly, that face is how I feel. <laughs> Shelby just looks so confused and I'm confused saying it, but like, like in, on some level, like our culture just glorifies this like crazy stuff. And, you know, it, mental illness, it, it's not a sin, it's not a result of your sin, but it is some, it, it's not something to be celebrated. With like, it's not God's will for your life, and he didn't create you that way. He didn't say, oh, here's Jake, let's sprinkle a little depression in his life. Here's Nathaniel, let's make him feel uncomfortable in crowds. Like, that, that, that's like not... This was not God's design for you. It's not a result of your sin, but it is a result of sin on the earth. All pain is rooted in, in brokenness, which is ultimately what sin is, is, is brokenness. I'm getting way ahead of myself, though. But mental pain, it's, it's just as real as physical pain. Like, a broken arm hurts. Depression hurts. And the thing is that like broken and pain and illness all indicate that something is wrong, that something needs to be repaired. You guys with me? Yeah. Like they don't belong to us. And maybe if, if you're not seeing like mental illness celebrated, I think what we kind of like the next level down is we're seeing like mental illness survival glorified. Like, I lost my spot here. I, I, I believe it's, it's good. Like, if you're managing mental illness in your life, like, that's a great place to start. But don't stay there. We should seek recovery, not just survival. Okay? I, and here, like, so frequently... I, I see people claiming it and, and hiding behind it, even. Owning it. Owning, you know, their mental problems. Making it part of them. Like, have you ever heard someone say, my depression? Or like, my social anxiety is really acting up right now. You guys heard people say stuff like this? Yeah. That, like, they're, they're claiming it. They're making it part of them. Something, Holly, my wife, um, for a long time in college and then after college, she worked with uh, kids with disabilities. And one of the things that she, like, lovingly beat into my brain was how we talk about people who have disabilities. And that is you identify them as a person before you identify them as their disability. For instance, um, you don't say that person, or you don't say they're autistic. You say that's a person who has autism. So like, like we're, we're, and so we're not like, we're, we're speaking their identity, their, the, the truth, like they are, they are a person who happens to have this dysfunction. They are not their dysfunction. And, and it's the same thing with mental illness. Like you are not your problem, and your problem is not your pet. It's not something to be celebrated in your life. It's not, it's not your friend. It's not your pet. It's not your crutch. It's a thing that needs to be removed and, and healed and in and, and a place where you need recovery.
And I, I think it's, it's really easy to almost become like proud of our issues. Like why are, why are we proud of depression? Why are we proud of social anxiety? Attention, maybe. Um, be proud of where you came from and, and how you fought um, and managed, but don't be proud of the disease. Don't celebrate it as part of you because it, it's something that, that needs to be removed from you. And I think many of you know this, but our words have power. In um, the, like, so the way we talk, it, it really, really matters. The way that we talk starts to shape how our brain thinks. And then the way that we think shapes how we talk. And, and so it's kind of this like cycle. But the Bible tells us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Some of us are speaking death over ourselves every time we talk about mental illness in our lives. Like the person who says, my depression or like I have social anxiety, like like it's this like sense of ownership that we give to it. It it basically invites it to stay in your life. It it makes it like a pet. It's like all right, got to uh, got to go into public. Better get my social anxiety ready. Like let, you know, th- this is my buddy, and it sticks with me all the time, and it's just part of who I am, and it's this whole like. But that and and we invite it to stay. And I do not want to downplay the realness of mental pain. Like, it is real. It hurts. It is not good. Like, it, it, but you have to decide if you are going to be a victim to this disease or if you're going to be a victor over it. And I, I, I believe that that's step one in walking in freedom, is that you have to decide, this isn't my friend. This isn't part of me. This isn't like, this isn't sticking around. I'm not planning for a future where you're in it. Right? Saying things like, I struggle with loneliness. I'm fighting depression. Every time you say stuff like that, rather than my depression, it reminds this depression that you're enemies and that it is on foreign territory and it's not welcome. And it's reminding you that you are going to win because you're fighting, you're struggling, you're not giving in. Amen? The way you talk matters. The way you talk matters. And I, and I believe, like, when we say things like, I'm struggling with depression, um, I think it communicates to depression, I don't know, I, I think it communicates to depression that you are determined to beat it, that you're going to win, that, that, like, you are not giving it final say, whatever it is, depression, anxiety, stress, social anxiety, loneliness. We have to decide how we are going to think about these things. Who's got their Bible on them? Great, pull them out. We're going to uh, Isaiah 53. Oh, walking in here with a passion translation. You do have a phone. 
Boom. I got so lucky just flipping here. Isaiah 53. If you happen to have the same exact Bible as me, it's page 593. I think none of you do. So, all right. Here's what it says. This is, uh, Isaiah is a prophetic book from the Old Testament, but this section, chapter 53, talks about Jesus. So even though we're reading it, hundred, this, is, this was written hundreds of years before Jesus was born, this is a prophet saying this is what Jesus will be like. And so um, this is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, this is the prophet Isaiah sharing about what it will be like for Jesus to die. And, and I'm going to read it from my screen here because it'll be a little bit easier. It says, yet, oh, this is uh, Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. 53, 4 through 5. And I'm going to read it in the NLT. It says, yet it is, it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. Everybody say sorrows. 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 We're going to come back to that word in a minute. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. Everybody say whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Everybody say healed. healed. All right, so there's three words I want to look at here. Sorrows, whole, and healed. Uh, the first word, the word for sorrows, and, and by the way, I am not, I'm the furthest thing from a Hebrew or Greek scholar, which is what the Bible was written in. This is a, this is a part of the book that was written in, in Hebrew, so this is some Googling that's happened. But the word sorrows that is used here, actually, it's not Google. I use it like a, like a very official Bible study thingy. But anyway, the word sorrows that is used here is the Hebrew word that I can't say. But it's, it's something like, um, oh, it's going to be so bad. Machab is what it sounds like. That's right. I, she knows. She is Jewish. So machab. I didn't feel like I didn't get the in at that time, but that's okay. Um, and here's the crazy thing. It means pain, both physical and mental. Like when you look at the definition of this word, it says pain, parentheses, physical, pain, parentheses, mental. And we talked earlier, all, all pain is a result of sin on the earth, which is brokenness that misses the standard for God's creation. And so your pain is not always a result of your sin or brokenness, but of the general brokenness that we live in under this world. And, and Jesus's mission on the cross was the restoration of the world. And so in that is to fix what is broken to carry the, the pain of the world. And then the next word, um, whole. Um, the word here for whole in Hebrew is the word, you, some of you are probably familiar with, shalom. Um, and, it, and it's this word that we kind of generally describe as peace. But peace is just like a piece of what that word actually means. And, and here's what it means. It's... It, it, it includes completeness, soundness, welfare, and peace. And it's, it's referring to an entire state of being. 
And in fact, even deeper than that, it's not just like a shalom is not a thing that can just be accomplished on its own, but it's actually by the will of God that it's happening. It's, it's not just that like you are well by your standards, but you're well by the standards God has set for you. Okay? So it's it, like whole is a good word for it, but it's, it's, it's like it's the wholeness of God. It's that in your being, you are well, you're at peace, you're in connection with him. Um, other really great stuff. That you're like, you're complete, you're sound, at peace. And, and it's this like, it's not just about like peace on earth. It's not just about like peace in your brokenness, but it's, it's your entire being. It's your physical, mental, and spiritual well-being that you would be whole. And I, I know some of you would love to feel that level of peace in your mind. Wouldn't that be so good? Peace, peace in social settings. Some of you might even feel on edge right now being in this room, and it's a, it's a fight to be here every week. And that's, it's amazing that you keep coming. But I, man, I believe Jesus paid for your peace. He paid for your wholeness. He paid for shalom in your being, and it's gonna be good. And the last word, healed, is this Hebrew word, rafa. I think that was a bit of a, that I could probably say it better, but I'm not gonna. And it literally means to heal or make helpful, healthful. So he carried your physical and mental pain. And he, he died. He, he was beaten so that you could have the shalom of God in your entire being. And he was whipped so that you could be healed entirely. Not just physically, not just spiritually, but he died for your entire well-being. Like not, not just for your eternal soul, not just so that you could get healed when people pray for you, but so that like your entire being, spiritual, physical, mental, could be totally restored to God. He wants you emotionally well. Amen? Amen. Isn't that good? Isn't that good news? I remember when I read this for the first time, I was like, God cares about that stuff? It's so good. He cares so much about it. He cares so much about it. He died for you to have it. This is salvation, that you could come into complete wholeness by the power of the gospel. That this is the invasion of the kingdom in and through your life. Because imagine the impact that you walking in complete wholeness would have on the people around you. Like, could you imagine, like, you leave school on Friday depressed, anxious, stressed, but you walk in on Monday and you're different. You're whole. You're, you're governed by the peace of God. Jesus rules your life. You've got something that everybody's going to want because they're going to say, hey, you were just like me on Friday, but now you're totally different and I want some of that. So I want to give you some practicals here just to close this out. You guys doing all right? I got like five more minutes. All right, Joey, you're pretty loud. Forgive you. All right, first practical. One, 
believe or have faith that it can get better. There, there's so much power that comes from revelation, which is like to, to know that, just, just to have knowledge. Um, and so, right, like you are equipped with the knowledge now that he can totally restore you in your entire being. And so faith is when we have trust. So we know that God can heal us. And now we take our faith, trust, and say, God, I actually trust that you want to do this. I trust you to do it. Because there's this like crazy thing where God just like partners with us. Like he could totally just override everything right now and be like, beep, push this button, kingdom comes in its fullness, everything's crazy. I don't even know, read Revelation and then read it seven more times in eight different translations and then we can talk, I guess. I don't even know. <laughs> like I'm, and then I'll do it too and then we'll watch a movie about it or something. Um, but like he could do that, but his, his desired mode of operation is partnership. And so there's something about our faith, our trust in God that actually like gives him space to work. And, and here's what, I, I think that this is a really good illustration of it. My, my daughter, Cecilia, she's about to turn two. She's amazing. She loves the trampoline park. Anybody ever been to a trampoline park? Yes. Cecilia loves it so much. And in fact, she just walks around her house saying, bouncy, 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 bouncy. Because she's just thinking about trampolines all day, every day. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's better than her thinking about candy all day, every day. Um, so she loves going to the trampoline park. We were there a few weeks ago, and there's this, like, foam pit. And there was this kid that was a little bit older than her um, that was jumping into the pit. Um, and there was, like, a little block set up. So, like, you climbed on top of the block, so you were higher, and then you jumped into the pit. And uh, there was another parent there, and they were in the pit, and they were catching their kid. And Cecilia, like, looks at me, and somehow, like, she can, she can hardly speak, but, like, we, we communicate great. And... Uh, there was like this indication. I don't know if she was like pointing or like what she was, but like I, I knew she wanted me to get into the pit so that she could jump in and I would catch her. And so I get into the pit, which like I'm getting kind of old, so everything's like, it, yeah, it creaks when I move and like I got to stretch before I do stuff like this. So I was slow getting in and, and I get into the pit and Cecilia's standing there and I was like, okay, get on the block. And she just suddenly goes, no. No. And I was like, no, 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 okay, here, I'll, I'll like hold you. And so I grabbed her and I went to pick her up and she was like, no, like freaking out. It's like, okay, we, we, we don't have to do that. And so I'm in the pit and I was like, how about you just jump to me from here? And like, you know, I wasn't very far from her, definitely well within catch range of her. And, uh, and she was looking at me and she kind of looked like she was ready to jump. And she was like, no, this isn't happening. And so I was like, well, I just got into this stinking pit. Um, you're getting in here. So um, I finally like got like as close as I could to her and was like, literally my hands were under her armpits. And like, so she, she was already caught before she jumped. And like, you could see like, she's like, okay, I trust you now. And so like we, she jumped into the foam pit and I fell backwards with her and it was fun and we loved it. And we did it like 20 more times. Then I was like, oh, look at that. We got to go home because I'm tired of doing this. Um, 
But that's actually like a really good picture of faith. Because how many of you know that I would have caught her if she jumped from the tallest one? Yeah. Hopefully you believe that. I don't know if I could catch all of you guys, but um, some of you, maybe. <laughs> but even though like I, as her dad, 100% would have caught her, she wasn't there yet. She wasn't ready to trust me that much. And that's okay. And I would have caught her if she had just jumped into me, into my arms from the ground. But she wasn't there yet. Her trust in me and her trust of the situation was, I'm ready to jump when dad's holding me. And so she didn't get to have the full experience that she intended to have of jumping into the pit because she wasn't ready to trust me with that yet. And I think that sometimes there are things that we hold on to in our lives that we're like, God, why won't you take this from me? And he's like, because you won't let go of it. And he's not going to force it out of your hand. So we have to come to a place where we say, okay, God, I actually trust you with this. I'm ready to jump from the higher block. And so we need to have faith that he will actually um, do something. It, it, it isn't bad. Um, it's like specifically in Cecilia's case, it's not bad. It's just where she's at. And, and I think that God will patiently wait for you to trust him. And to whatever level you will trust him, he will move in your life. It doesn't mean you're any less saved. It doesn't mean that you're any less loved. In fact, I think it's a huge indication of how much he loves you because he'll just wait. And he's like, I'm cool with being with you here. I'm cool with being with you in 10 steps. Second thing, go to Jesus. Man, that was five minutes in itself. I'll try to do this quick. Go to Jesus. He is willing he wants to do this. He, like, be with him. He has the freedom. He is, he is good and he is kind. Something that I believe wholeheartedly. You become like who you spend time with. We see in Jesus that he just, like, walked in this, like, crazy, supernatural peace and joy and love all the time. It just doesn't seem to ever turn off. And so if you hang out with him, if you hang out with someone who's joyful all the time, what's going to happen to you? You're going to be joyful. If you are surrounding yourself with people who are like just fully embracing depression and stress and anxiety in their life, what's going to happen to you? You're going to start to act like them. So be with Jesus. Make him your number one influence in your life. He, that, that's a great thing. He never has to go home. He's with you all the time. I've started recently, I'll just be like, hey, Jesus, and he'll be like, hey, and we're just talking, like suddenly, just out of nowhere, and like, I'll, I'll just sit, and I'll just think about him, and the other day, I, I was thinking about like, just how awesome he was, and, and all that stuff, and he was just like, Jordan, be quiet, I want to tell you how awesome I think you are, and that was amazing, like, and, and, and like, I like him and I'm experiencing him in this, such this like incredible, amazing way that like I can just get into touch with him at any time. Holly and I were at breakfast the other day and I, I smiled <laughs> and she goes, why are you smiling? I was like, I just remembered how much Jesus loves me. And like we have access to that all the time. Like he's always there. He, he loves to spend time with you. And the third thing here, it's okay to get help. This is not something that you have to do on your own. It's not something that is, it's, it's, like, you shouldn't be shamed for having it. 
No one's disappointed in you for feeling not mentally okay. We all wanna see you get better. So whether it's a trusted friend, a trusted leader here, um, a professional, a counselor, Holly could probably recommend you to some people because um, she does that. Like it's, you don't have to carry this alone. And in fact, I think it's in community where it's going to get the most help. In closing, for the third time, y'all thought I was done. We're gonna do some ministry in a second. It's good. Are you guys still alive? Man, I just wanted to share this crazy thing. I read Psalm 46 today. In verse one, it says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Make him your refuge. Like, he is the best companion in loneliness. He is your peace in anxiety and stress. He is your joy in depression. Like, like he is the ultimate, most amazing, best answer to all this stuff. And then I'd never read this whole psalm before. I had, but I didn't remember what it said. But in verse six, this just like blows my mind, this imagery. This imagery. It says, the nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. So I want you to think about this for a second. If God, other, other translations say God utters, meaning like he just speaks. And in fact, I don't even think that thunders is the right way to describe this here. Um, in, I looked at the language a little bit and it says that it's just that he gives voice. So it's like God just opens his mouth. He speaks and the earth melts. If that can happen when he speaks, what would happen when he turns his attention to the depression that you're struggling with? What would happen when you come to him with your loneliness or with loneliness that you're struggling with? What would happen if you said, God, I'm feeling stressed? If the earth would melt away at his word, what could happen to the mental diseases in our lives? And so, man, we just got to believe God's will is for your wholeness. He wants to heal you. So let's, let's do some ministry. If you're watching on the live stream, thanks for joining.